0: great to have our Destiny Table New York family online with us today and uh, everyone else who's joining with us online. And I want to point those of you in the room to, um, to first and foremost this little handout on your seats once again this week. Would you mind just picking one of those up? I'd like to ask you to take this to serve as a reminder to pray this week, not just for the event Um, But I want to explain something a little more um, broad for Fuel the Fire. So we work with this group in the UK and they've just finished Fuel the Fire London from this weekend. Yesterday they concluded. And um, every month we'll be doing a Fuel the Fire somewhere across the UK except one month in the month of March where we do this Fuel the Fire in the USA. And that's us, and so we get to host that event um, here. It'll be terrific, looking forward to that, and I believe it is really a very instrumental time for us as a church family to receive an impartation of this next season of the church. But the thing that I want to ask you, let's agree for that March the 5th on there, and register online for us so we know, you know kind of the general idea of people coming, child care and that sort of thing, there's not a cost to it. But we certainly want to come prepared to give and bless Steve and Esther Uppel for coming from the U.K. But I want to ask you not just to pray for the event as you take this, I want you to also pray for the Uppel family. Um, Steve and Esther have four children and one of their daughters just recently had a very intense brain surgery. And we were watching that very closely because you don't leave your child after brain surgery and leave the country. But um, God has really uh, shown his favor in that, and she has done incredibly well and uh, is very strong, and they are anticipating leaving this week to come to the UK. They'll be working with one of our sister churches in New Mexico one week from today, and then the following weekend they'll be with us. So we just agree right now in Jesus' name over Steve and Esther and the Upple family, specifically over their daughter Sophia, and I thank you, Lord, that... In times when we don't understand circumstances that we face, we still just trust in you. And I thank you, Lord, that you have proven yourself faithful every step of this journey. I thank you for uh, everything about the procedure that went exactly as they were hoping. Thank you, Lord, for all of the recovery that's just continuing in a great, great source of grace and strength and health. And I pray, Lord, over these next few weeks, specifically, you would help us to be prayerful over them as a family, ministering to them and encouraging them in a place of prayer as they serve the work of the Lord right here in our nation and ultimately in our home. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So <clears throat> it's really interesting, but I just felt the Lord speaking to me uh, this morning as I was praying at my house. I went through and kind of looked over where, uh, we're gonna, what we'll be talking about. And I just felt the Lord was saying that when I came up here, I I like to come up during worship and just pray during the atmosphere of worship. Our worship team is just um, such a blessing. You know, they don't just come and do the metrics. And uh, you just have to understand that even coming in here in rehearsal and practice, they're not just going through the metrics. They're experiencing and exploring the presence of the Lord and I am so deeply grateful why don't we just say a great thank you to our team for working so hard Pastor Chrissy and all the worship team really ushering the kingdom of heaven into our hearts Um, but as I was just this morning I felt like the Lord said come and during worship you know when I normally would be praying through notes and that sort of thing I just felt like the Lord was saying, just pray in the Spirit. You know, the Bible says we pray in the Spirit, and we pray with understanding. It really is God's plan for us to explore comprehension beyond our understanding in the things of the Spirit. And so I just was praying in the Spirit with no understanding the whole time during worship, and then all during uh, rehearsal, and then all during worship while down here, just praying in the Spirit with no understanding. I felt like the Lord was saying to me, you're warring for clarity of comprehension today. And it's interesting, in the spirit, you war with no understanding for that which will bring understanding. But God is taking us this morning, and I'm, I'm prophesying right now in case you can't tell that. Uh, but I am declaring and prophetically uh, agreeing that God is giving us clarity in this next season of the church. And I believe what we're about to talk through is going to bring greater clarity than what I had understood um, the Lord was bringing today. How many of you just received that? I mean, God wants to do something unique, and he wants us not to be unaware. The Bible says, before I uh, do something in the earth, I announce those things. And so we need to be paying attention. And let me assure you, what I just said has way more significance than any of us understand. But in the progression of our conversation with the Lord today as he's speaking to us, uh, I believe we're going to have great clarity. So we're going to be looking in 1 John chapter 4. If you'll open your Bibles there And uh, hold your place, I want to just lay some groundwork for what we're going to be talking about. And then we'll dig right into scripture, not John, but 1 John, right next to the book of Revelation, 1 John chapter 4. So we've been um, really exploring the revelation of the table of the Lord. And today I want us to, to really embark in kind of the revelation that the Lord's brought to us for 2022... And that is, everyone is created for abundant life. And I I want, uh, through the course of what we'll talk about today, just to contribute to that and speak to that revelation that the Lord's wanting us to understand and comprehend. But so much of it has been born out of the table of the Lord. And so we're taking some time just to comprehend what it is to come to the table. We have had so many amazing reports from the girlfriend's table already this weekend and more of those are happening today but it's been phenomenal how many of you know that the bible says you will all be taught by God isn't that beautiful you will all be taught by God it also says all your children will be taught by God it also says you don't need a man to teach you the anointing will teach you What all that means is my role is probably less significant in our lives in the Western World Church than what we have thought it to be or what we have made it to be. As the pastor of the church, I don't want to uh, minimize the role of the teaching pastoral team in the church. It's just that we've overemphasized it to the point we've converted it into a religious commodity that we've tried to sell in the Western world church, and we need to back off from that. How many of you know we're on to something here? Uh, and what we don't want to do is is create a religious commodity in the church world as if we're trying to sell something or attract consumers, especially in an hour where God is transforming rooms full of consumers who love listening to a minister into rooms full of ministers who love listening to God. You will all be taught by God. All your children will be taught by God. I want my children to learn what it is to be led by the Spirit of God as we continue to move forward in all of this. So the revelation of the table should be shaping all of our lives as we begin to walk this out together. Um, We actually are called by God to step into what I believe to be a greater revelation of Of the way we're explaining it, we try to put words to what God's revealing. How many know it's a little bit pathetic to put words to what God says? His language is a whole lot bigger than ours. But I'm going to do the best I can. And I really do believe the Lord's going to illuminate with greater clarity. Maybe some of the things I've said before that you'll start to comprehend. There is decentralization of the church in this hour of the body of Christ. He's desiring for us to understand. Decentralizing. That means we get so, we stop being so focused on one central performance of a gift as if that's what we're supposed to rally around we're really not supposed to rally around a pulpit we're supposed to rally around God's presence yeah. come on, yeah. amen. now there's things that God's called me to release this morning and the more I function and operate in the anointing God's placed on my life the more broken I am before the Lord then, then the more I function in that anointing and that anointing then releases and then your anointing releases and did you hear the anointing over here yeah come on amen you understand, the clapping of our hands hisses the enemy away. The shout of our voice breaks down walls as it was in the days of Jericho. Our dance, like David, releases something of the presence of God. You have to understand, we didn't show up to hear the motivational speaker motivate us to be more religious for the next week until we come back. We showed up to be the church God has called us to be. You have the anointing in you. So we want to be the church. You can't go to church. You are the church. So we want to be the church everywhere we go. That's what The Girlfriend's Table has been about. It has been beautiful to hear all the stories of not just how we as a church family have gathered around these tables in the weekend, we as in you chicks. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not involved in that. But, but you understand the, the mobilization of this and all the ladies gathering around tables is just beautiful because it's not just been people from our church, but it's been people in your neighborhoods, co-workers. It's been individuals who actually have said, I don't go to church. I've not really been involved in church. I have a heart maybe for the things of God, but I've just been turned off by the church. These are the people that have come to the table, that have begun to experience the table of the Lord. I don't know if you realize it or not, but this is a very significant moment that has taken place in the course of this weekend in what God is desiring to do for us as a church. Our typical women's event focus would be everybody gathering into the room. What did we do? We decentralized and released and mobilized people to go and be who God's called them to be. Now, we want decentralization without deconstruction. And we need to understand what that means. That means in the Bible, they did gather together. And the Bible does say, forsake not your assembling of yourselves together. We want to continue to assemble ourselves together. But they also not only met in the temple, they met house to house. That's the decentralization of the church. We've converted this into a religious commodity where we're trying to attract more consumers who will come pay offerings and tithes and get the bills paid and grow bigger buildings and bigger ministries. And in the Western world church, we've successfully grown bigger ministries that have become less effective than the church perhaps has ever been. And the Lord is helping us to figure this out and to walk in a better way rather than provide that which just uh, accommodates the convenience that people are demanding in the society that we live in. I mean, let's not go too long, Uh, let's keep a certain order. You know, we were planning this week for uh, the service time today, and the discussion was Pastor AT was going to come and do transition, and, and they the, the team was asking me, do you want, you want this during worship? Do you want this out of worship? Because it's my turn to speak this week. And so, uh, you know, I, I was kind of making that determination. And I just said in the room, why don't we just not make the plan, and we just know who the people are, and let's be sensitive to the Lord. And I just looked at Pastor AT, and I said, hey, if you feel like coming up during worship, why don't you do that? If you feel like coming up after worship, why don't you do that? Let's just try to be more sensitive to the flow of what the Lord's desiring to do in that moment. And then he gets up. He gets up and he just decentralizes everybody to go pray over each other and messes it all up. Holy Spirit. You. <laughs> you reign in this place today you're giving us clarity of what we're supposed to do as the body of Christ we're gonna step into a greater sense of clarity as we walk this out together as family you're our father we're brothers and sisters we're not going to get it right but we're gonna love each other well every step of the way in Jesus mighty name amen Amen. So this revelation of the table of the Lord um, should be shaping all of our lives. It's not just shaping our girlfriend's table weekend. It should be shaping all of our lives. An invitational lifestyle, a missional, a relational lifestyle where we're connecting with people because we care. We're loving people well. We're learning to love each other well. I would encourage you, if you didn't hear last week, you should get that. go tune into that find it online because so much of what we were talking about was groundwork for us to comprehend our goal is not to go out and accomplish some religious objective our goal is to simply love each other well period no more and I want to kind of share how we're Bringing this about with the um, revelation of the table, I want to encourage you. There's no reason why anybody in this church family should not clearly know what the destiny table is all about and how that the table of the Lord is shaping. Uh, So you can go to our website if you're still a little unsure even after today and these next few weeks as we're talking more of this. You can go to destinyokc.com forward slash the table, and on this will be explanations written out there are two three to five minute videos that that simply say what is the table that's there's one clip there to help you understand and then the other is what is the difference between community group and the table and you can you can hear those videos on there and just start to get a sense what is the Lord revealing because you have to understand this is not just for us we have uh I want to I want to be careful how I say this the Fuel the Fire event is something where we're bringing in an external elder. Steve Apple serves as an external elder to this house, and he's coming in to minister to us as family. I want to invite you make sure you know the priority of being here on Saturday and Sunday for that ministry time because there's something of impartation he's carrying and bringing. But what you have to understand is our assignment is broader than just us. You do understand that. So there are going to be n- a number of pastors, leaders, other people that will be joining us for that weekend. And there's something we're exploring. And so thank you for those of you who chose to participate in the Girlfriend's Table. We need you to participate, not just so that you're catching what God's revealing, but so you're helping define what God is revealing so we can express and explain that to others. Within a month or so, we'll be on uh, the TBN in UK talking about the Destiny Table and how we're decentralizing people to understand the call of God on their lives personally, mobilizing the church. Churches and people are very interested. And what this is supposed to look like. Does this resonate with anybody in this place? Like, this really is the Lord in this mix? It's trying to understand and comprehend what this next season is, and we need you involved to help us get a clearer picture. We know in part, we prophesy in part, so all the parts coming together actually form the sentence, the paragraph, ultimately the book that is being written in the hand of God in Jesus' mighty name. So here's what we do in training. I just want to walk you through what, what we do in training for the table. Distinction between community group and the table, both are very important. Community group primarily focuses on discipling the church, we gather as the church. The table is different. The table is a mobilization of people who feel called to lead the destiny table out of their home and reach the people that are in the five-foot circle of their lives, people they work with, neighbors, and so on. We want two rooted couples who understand the heart of who God's called us to be to start Uh, moving out into the table structure what that looks like to mobilize that that that's where it all begins two people they just commit together this is the call of God on our lives and then out of that they just start to come together and pray for people that exist in their life how awesome is that like if nothing else comes of it and two families in our church just start coming together in their home praying for their friends and family how many of you know that's a win that's not that's not a bad thing if that's as far as it goes but wait, there's more. Um, and so it goes on where after they begin to pray for those people, then as the Lord directs and they, they begin to sense just these conversations taking place with people in the workplace or whatever it may be, there begins to be this sense of maybe the grace of God on certain conversations where we start to follow favor and watch for grace. And when we sense that, maybe there's a softening of the heart that begins to take place. We pay attention to those conversations just a Little more. I actually sent a message to our uh, team in the UK that, uh, a week ago and said, I really sense the Lord saying that we're coming into a season where there's a softening of the heart and we need to pay close attention to the things we're letting into our lives because it's going to have a deeper penetration in our softened heart. God's softening our heart so that He can reach deeper, but when He softens our heart, other things do too. And then I, I didn't realize Tracy's message until I was actually standing there helping film this. And she's holding up this heart, talking about having a soft heart. And I was just, I mean, I was just standing there thinking, the Lord is in this, guys. The Holy Spirit is revealing something for us to comprehend and understand. Let me translate this into your life. People that you're in relationship with are going to start to have a deeper hunger for the things of God and you are the key to letting God in to that relationship and that conversation. I had a, a, a message from somebody this last week who has never attended our church. They know I'm a Christian and we've had a few conversations, not very many conversations about the Lord, but they do know uh, I'm a Christian and I got a message and you know what the message said? The message said, uh, hey, I've really been thinking about learning to grow deeper in the Bible. You think you could help me do that? I said, oh, I, I think I might be able to help you with that. <laughs> what, what's happening? It's a softening of the heart. I mentioned this to, uh, actually to Pastor A.T. about uh, this conversation. And, and he started talking about people that he's working with in, in the financial uh, realm that he works Uh, outside of the church and they've been having some very similar conversations there's a hunger that's happening and a softening of hearts and we need to be paying attention so the idea of the table is two families getting together praying for those folks that are in their life and then as they're praying for them they're watching and paying attention for any conversation that might be the grace of the Lord and and if you sense that conversation going deeper then engage in that level of conversation how many know that's a win if we stop if that's all we do, that's a win. I mean, you got to understand success is like this ridiculous thing that we lay out and map out, and all these things go to these eight steps to some successful conclusion. If we don't get that, we're not successful. That's not the way the kingdom of God works, the kingdom of God is about relationship. And if we all grow relationally in the process of what we feel God is calling us to, then we win. And like we're all growing deeper. And so then the next step of that would be just extending some form of relational hospitality. If the conversation goes a little deeper, somebody says, hey, you think you can help me grow in the Bible? Guess what's going to happen? I'm going to respond to that person. I already have. And we're going to start to connect on that level. I'm going to share some ideas and thoughts and just begin to build on another level of relationship. Am I trying to hook that person in and try and get them to come to this church? No. I want you to hear me loud and clear. This is not a church growth campaign strategy trickery. That is not what this is about. Let's love people well. I believe people should be engaged in church. And ultimately, that will be an encouragement to that person. But whether they go here or whether they go there is really not an issue to me. I want them to know Jesus. And so out of that hospitality, then the conversation would continue. And if that desire is expressed to grow deeper in a relationship with the Lord, that's when after much prayer, much conversation, much interaction, then we come to the table in our home and we begin to lead the destiny table out of our own home. Where we grow deeper in the word. Now, let me just explain something because it's vitally important and as we're driving toward 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to read the scripture. You hear me saying this weekly now uh, a lot, but when I read the scripture, I don't want to just read the scripture. How many of you know we can just read the scripture? Uh, I'm going to say to everyone leading a table, everyone leading a community group, be very careful. Don't just read the scripture and bypass the power. That actually comes from the public reading of Scripture together. We've missed that in the Western World Church. And God's redeeming it. He's bringing it back. And we're going to explore this together. And we go through these. We, we've shifted everything for those that are working on the, that are, the groups that are meeting. Having a conversation out of the Sunday message. Where there's just a text of Scripture. And, and all you do, in your, in your, if you're in a community group that does that, you, read, you first talk about where you're reading, what you're sensing for the Lord, then you read this body of Scripture. And now that body of Scripture, we simply ask simple questions. What does this tell us about God? What does this tell us about us? Who's somebody we could share this with, and what should we do with this? I mean, it's a pretty simple progression of Scripture. It's almost boring, isn't it? If you don't understand the power of God's Word, and you don't enter into a conversation God is having in the room, you're going to miss the whole point. I want you to know we believe in the power of his word and the power of his spirit where we've neglected to understand that in times past. God is restoring that in our lives. Now, if you will take time with your family and put something like this into practice where you just read a portion of scripture together and then not not try to rush it like, okay, we read this, we read this now. What's the tape about God? What's the tape about man? What do you do with it? off of that like i'm barely into my message and i've already spoken for a long time and i'm feeling a little nervous about that on the inside (laughs) but i'm just trying to pay attention to what the holy spirit is desiring to say and when we get into our next service it might be very different this ought to just be our lifestyle i want to be led by the spirit as a way of life i want to wake up in the morning and sense the conversation and the nearness of god I want to walk through the course of the day and sometimes be taken off of my course of what I would typically do. Because I sense the Lord saying, hey, I'd like to just go and take a walk and have a conversation. Just pause and just reflect on Scripture with me. I mean, I just want to learn that type of lifestyle. Like, I'm talking real Christianity. And I'm about to really go deep uh, on these next couple of weeks of some really challenging stuff. I, I believe that there are some people... Um, that are going to even start to question, where am I really in my relationship with the Lord? And that probably needs to happen. Because we've got to evaluate where we are and where we are and what the Lord's desiring to do for us, in us, through us, awakening things within us, and not just be so haphazard or disconnected about the treasures of the things of the Spirit. These are treasures we want to explore and dig deeper into them and that's largely why i want us to talk about um, these deep concepts of relationship where we are stepping into a place i want to invite you to invite others on this journey of faith whatever that looks like for you when you feel that that it's right to invite them to meet other believers then we want you to know that we're, you know I, know, I understand when we have the resurrection of Jesus celebration, how many of you know people in our society start talking, I want to, I'll consider going to church more than ever. And so what we want to do is mobilize you to be able to be prepared for that as it's coming by way of praying for people and making that connection and walking that out in just your, in general, everyday relationships. So let's just talk for a moment about some of what we've experienced in terms of um, this past two years. It's been quite a journey. In January of 2000, all of a sudden, COVID erupts, and a lot has taken place. If you saw the story today, um, I, I, I said, the Instagram story, just to kind of welcome everybody, I said, what if I told you that sociologists say... Cities with communities of Christians in the time of pandemic had a death rate that was 50% of cities that did not have communities of Christians. I'm not talking about our modern day pandemic, I'm talking about the second century pandemic that wiped out 25% of the population of the Roman Empire. And Christians didn't shrink back, didn't act like the rest of the world, but Christians stepped up, Christians stepped out. Christians began to make a difference, and incredible things began to happen, and the explosion of the church took place in that particular era of time. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, your life as a Christian should make non-believers question their disbelief in God. Your life as a Christian should make non-believers question their disbelief in God. So what I want us to evaluate today in our time that we have together is our fear-driven conclusions. Fear-driven conclusions are enemies to the faith. When we live in fear, we do not live in faith. When fear begins to hold the faculties of our mind hostage, we're no longer engaging in an attitude of faith so I want to encourage you just to understand and and begin to pick up on what the Lord might be revealing in this what the Lord is wanting to say to each of us individually and all of us together when you feed your faith you will starve your fears how many of you know that's truth learn to feed your faith so you will starve your fears if you're not careful you'll feed your fears and you'll starve your faith But what you want to do is learn how to feed your faith so that you starve your fears. If you embrace your fears, you'll abandon the dreams of God for your life. But if you'll embrace the dreams of God for your life, you'll abandon your fears. And so today, as we're looking at love, fear, and life, and how these all play together, it's important that we recognize everyone is created for abundant life. Everyone is created for abundant life. Having a faith... if you have a faith can i just say you have a faith uh, in the western world we have a faith a faith in the lord but living by faith now that's another element what does it mean to live by faith not to just have a faith but to actually live by faith and just we just have to understand we were never designed to live a life that we could live without god's help you weren't designed to figure it all out, and get it all accomplished, and get all your retirement done, and get all everything squared away, and it's all picture perfect, and I've look what I've accomplished in this life. Do you understand? Sometimes the Lord just wants to disrupt everything, to, to bring an element of challenge that just gets us back to the remembrance, oh yeah, I'm not in control. We live in a society that's plagued with the, the curse of self-sufficiency, and the Lord wants to break that off of our lives that's really what the lord is doing in awakening the church first john chapter 4 let's allow soft hearts as we read his word because there's some things i know he just wants to penetrate within us first john chapter 4 verse 15 if anyone acknowledges that jesus is the son of god god lives in them And they live in God. That is wild. In other words, like, I don't know if you understand. God lives in you. Could you just say that with me? God lives in me. You ready? One, two, three. God lives in me. When you go to work this week, just go up and tell people, God lives in me. You actually don't have to tell them. You just need to demonstrate. In other words, it's the quote I mentioned a bit ago. Your life as a Christian should make non-believers question their disbelief in God. What is it about your life that communicates God actually? I mean, God, God, he lives in you. This is so, I I just read past stuff like this in times past, and I just can't get over it sometimes. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love of God has for us, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. I mean, just go to work this week, say, God lives in me, I'm like Jesus. What do you think they would say? I mean, those are a little bit outrageous, aren't they? Like, you wouldn't say that, would you? But that should be the demonstration of your existence. God lives in you, and in this world, you're like Jesus. What What is the Bible revealing in this? In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. I didn't realize Tracy was using this for your table conversations Uh, when I prepared this message last Monday. But the Lord's having a conversation. Perfect love drives out fear. God did not give you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. God did not give you a spirit of fear. You need to understand something. Fear is a spirit. I'm serving notice on the spirit of fear by the spirit of God invading our hearts and lives in Jesus' mighty name. God did not give you a spirit of fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out, drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they've not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and their sister. Boy, God is interested in us loving others. Have you loved others well? Have you loved others well in the course of this pandemic? Because we pretty easily loved ourselves well. Wouldn't you agree with that? I've hunkered down, man, I, like I bought some toilet paper. I was like, you know, I'm going to get my toilet paper. I'm going to get my toilet paper. I mean, we've loved ourselves where? Well, but the Bible actually says love others as you love yourself. Loving yourself well is not a problem. You need to learn to love yourself well according to what God desires for you to love yourself well. But loving others as you love yourself now that's the important part that we get so we love others well in our community by gathering in here and worship do you know this impacts the spiritual climate of of our community how many of you believe that crime rates go down the more our worship goes up and so i would invite you uh, in fact part of what we're doing with these fuel the fire events across the uk and in the u.s uh, we're we're working to come prior to the event and take time in prayer gathering people from the area that would have authority jurisdiction in the land uh, that might know the lord so that we bring that spiritual authority uh, along with that earthly authority how many know we can shift heavenly governments but we also need to shift earthly governments so that there's an alignment of the two governments in heaven and earth thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth, in the earthly governments, as it is in heaven, in the heavenly governments, and the government will rest on the body of Christ, on the shoulders of the Lord. I mean, this is really important for us. I'm saying all that to say one week from today, specifically into our fuel the fire, addressing some of these issues, strongholds that are going on in the spirit realm around us. How many of you believe prayer is important? How many believe worship will impact the atmosphere? I really believe it's significant that we pay attention to what the assignment of the Lord is together and the things that we can address as we walk this thing out. That's loving other people well. That's loving these others that will be joining us well as we worship and pray into that. So plan to join us one week from today on now. Sunday evening as we worship and pray into the evening. I love this verse that says, perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Here's the thing. Don't you think about this this little analogy, okay? You've got two young women, and they're out enjoying a sunny day, and they've got a picnic blanket, and they're sitting there having a picnic at the park, and it's a beautiful day, and all of a sudden, a snake slithers up on the blanket between those two young ladies. What do you think their reaction would be? Yes, uh, they would, you know, it, it would be quite the reaction. They would be running. Now, if you introduce one different component to this particular story, you get an entirely different reaction. These are not just two young ladies out for a picnic, these are two young mothers. And these two young mothers actually have their infants on the blanket with them. What is their response now when the snake slithers up? All of a sudden, every kind of ninja skill that God ever gave humanity is awakened in those moms as they get up and chop the head off that snake if that's what it takes to protect their baby. Why such a difference? Because perfect love casts out fear. The impact fear has on our quality of life is far more than we realize. God lives in us, we live in God, we're like Jesus. God lives in us. We live in God. We're like Jesus. I mean, those are just incredible verses of Scripture. God lives in us. We've lived through a pandemic. God lives in us. (laughs) A lot of circumstances going on. God lives in us. We live in God. We are like Jesus. Situations and circumstances come. I happen to be going through my uh, Bible a second time. And as I got to my turn the page reading, I realized it's about three years to get through a a Bible now. If you do, your turn the page. This was a study Bible. It takes a little longer. And as I got to today's reading, I looked up at the top of the page, and it was uh, about three years ago when my mom got diagnosed with uh, uh, what they thought was going to be like cancer of the lungs. And she came and she told me that uh, one morning. She said, I want you to know this before I I start telling other people. And she said, you know, this is the diagnosis. This is what the they're telling me, and I didn't say anything. I just looked at her, and, and she just kind of looked back at me, and she said, well, aren't you going to say anything? And I said, not until I've had time to pray and listen to what God has to say about this situation. I don't want to give you my reaction. I want to give you a response. What was I saying? There was a, 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 there was a what's it called? A diagnosis. Thank you. There was a diagnosis that came, but God lives in us, we live in God, and in the earth, in the world, we are like Jesus. And so we walked that thing out. The Lord gave me this specific word that I began to pray with my mom and then I felt released to share it with her, with our family. We began to pray and and over the course of time, everything worked out and it was all a false report or God completely healed the situation in Jesus' mighty name. I'm just thanking God for healing, breaking forth in all of our bodies because God lives in us. We live in God. We're like Jesus in the earth. Rise up in your faith. Perfect love will cast out fear when you get a revelation from God beyond the circumstances of your life. If your revelation never gets bigger than your environment, you will always live a life of confinement. But God wants to break you out. So I went back and began to say, all right, Lord, what were you saying to us before all this COVID happened? What were you speaking? It's kind of an interesting thought, isn't it? Like, God wasn't taken by surprise. Uh, January the 9th, 2020, when a mysterious coronavirus-related pneumonia was reported by the World Health Organization. January 21st of 2020, CDC confirms first COVID case in the U S on January the 21st, the father looked at the son. They said, Oh no, what are we going to do? That didn't happen. So I started going back and saying, what was the Lord revealing prior to all of this? And were we paying attention to what God was saying? How many of you think it is important that we pay attention to what God is wanting to reveal every step of the way? So I went back in in 2019, and I began to evaluate. In November the 10th, we started what we called the 3D class, where we discover, develop, deploy the dreams that God's placed within our hearts from the beginning of time, and we began to awaken those dreams, believing for 20 points of impact in 2020. Anybody remember all this? And the first thing we did in that first class was we introduced the seven points of prayer. And the the request was, as we start going through this, every day, we want to ask every person to begin to pray these seven points of prayer. Guess what? The very first point of prayer was two months before COVID hit in January. The first point of prayer is that we will have no fear of bad news because we've settled in our minds. Jehovah God will take care of us. God's constant care for us will make a deep impression on those who see it. Psalms 112, the living Bible. That was the first point of prayer. Two months before COVID hit, God was telling us to pray and declare. God's constant care for us will make a deep impression on all who see it. We will have no fear of bad news because we've settled in our minds. Jehovah God will take care of us. And then I began to look at how the very next month in December, on the first Wednesday of December, every year we gather as a church family on that Wednesday night to say thank you to everybody who's a part of serving as a part of our church family. It's called Serve Team Appreciation Night. And our, as is our custom on that night, we unveil the, the revelation for the coming year. We call it our New Year's revelation. And we reserve the unveiling of that revelation for those that are serving on that night. And before we start announcing it to the congregation in general. And so I want to just read to you. I'm going to ask the worship team to go ahead and come. Because I'm just about out of time. And I'm just about halfway through my message. But you know how it is with preachers. Sometimes they preach a long time after the Holy Spirit finished. And I don't want to do that to you. On Wednesday, December the 4th, 2019, just one month before COVID would be introduced to our world, we gathered in this room and the announcement was made. We've not only entered into Uh, 2020 as we come into January 1st 2020 but we will enter into a strategic decade the 2020s will be the roaring 20s not like the 1920s but like the 2020s where the roaring lion of the tribe of Judah is awakening the roar of God in the body of Christ The Roaring Twenties is a decade where the enemy is going to try to roar and bring destruction. Are you hearing what God was revealing a month before all this started to happen? I'm just reading from the notes. The Roaring Twenties is a decade where the enemy will try to roar and bring destruction. But this will be overtaken by the prophetic roar of God that is awakened within God's people. Amos chapter 3 verses 7 and 8 Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants the prophets the lion has roared who will not fear the sovereign Lord has spoken who can help but prophesy Why don't you stand to your feet Anybody just feel like they're ready to blast off right now This terrible plague that hit the roman empire in the 2nd century that wiped out 25% of the population the church stepped up i'm going to i want to didn't get to all of it today next week we're going to talk about this plague there're actually three plagues i want to look at in history and the church's response in comparison to the modern day church's response well what i would say more of the modern day church's reaction in comparison to the early church response and, and it's nothing there's no condemnation I just want to say be free from the spirit of fear and rise up and let the lion of the tribe of Judah roar through your surrendered available lives come on we're the church I don't know if you heard but God's in you and you're in God and in this world you're like Jesus So, this week, begin praying within your five foot circle as you watch for grace and follow favor in the conversations God might be blessing. This week, just start paying attention because it's a season of softening of hearts. It's a season where the prodigal sons are coming home, it's a season of a softening of hearts. It's a season where our sons and daughters are being awakened to the purposes of God, where God is redeeming and restoring in powerful and profound and significant ways. And if you feel it's appropriate, then we actually have put together something that you can take. They're all in the lobby. And this little card, we've got two options. My favorite one is Destiny, the perfect place for imperfect people. And if you feel it's appropriate, then you can start to pray for people, invite them maybe to Resurrection Sunday or before. If, the, if Again, if the Lord is stirring that, you sense that grace in the situation. But I want to ask you to pick those up as a, as a token to remind you to begin to pray for those people around you and share the love and the life of Jesus. God is in you. You are in God. And in this world, we're like Jesus. 2022 New Year's Revelation everyone is created for abundant life the Wednesday before 20, the first Wednesday of December in 2021 we introduced the New Year's Revelation 2022, everyone is created for abundant life John 10 I came in the Amplified I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows I break a spirit of fear right now in Jesus' mighty name. I break a spirit of fear that would cause you to be distracted in any way from the fullness of life that he's called you to. Jesus said, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. And you need to realize the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but the aim of death is not to kill you. It's to keep you from the fullness of life until you die. Because distraction becomes destruction to the call of God on your life. The last thing I'll say to you that we said on that Wednesday night before this year. Just think about what we are experiencing in this particular weekend. Much will flow from heaven into our hearts and our homes. In the course of 2022. Much will flow from heaven into our hearts and into our homes. We just receive that right now? Lord. We believe much is flowing from heaven into our hearts. Much is flowing from heaven into our homes. Thank you for inviting us to the table of the Lord, a strategic season of the church. Thank you for awakening something within us that's profound and significant beyond our comprehension and understanding. your kingdom come, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom invade our hearts. Let your kingdom invade our homes. Help us to see the value of personal ministry taking place when a season of softened hearts is here. We pray, Lord, for those that we pray for, that you would bring key people into their lives that would simply love them well as an expression of God's kingdom. But Lord, we also recognize there are people that we're in relationship with that might be being prayed for, and we are those people in their lives. Help us to love others well. In the name of Jesus, enlarge our hearts. Increase us on the inside. that We might fulfill everything, Lord, that you've called us to. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus.